Company Watch Financial Analytics. Hello and welcome to the Company Watch podcast. I'm Joe Ketner, CEO of Company Watch, and I'm joined by Nick Hood, Financial and Commercial Risk Analyst. Welcome, Nick. Good morning, Joe. We are recording today's episode in the morning of Thursday, the 9th of December, and it will be the last one of this current year. So we feel like we're ahead of the curve. We've got first mover advantage here. Um, <laughs> and what we thought we'd, we'd do today is to, to have a little bit of a look back on 2021 and think about where we were this time last year, think about what's happened over the year. And then, as is always kind of interesting to do, look forward and, and see what we think 2022 might bring. So, Nick, take us back. Take us back. Take us back. Yes, well, I, <coughs> in preparation for this, went back and looked at my notes for the podcast more or less a year ago on the 11th of uh, December 2020. <coughs> and we just got the October GDP numbers and uh, they were up 0.4%, usual caveat. It was only a monthly figure, not a quarterly figure. Yep. <coughs> mm-hmm. But overall GDP in October 2020 was 7.9% below pre-pandemic level. So we were still deep in yeah. And we were just coming out of lockdown, tier three restrictions. I mean, we're all familiar with, with where we were last year. I know, I know. And about to go back into, <clears throat> into, mm. in, into lockdown, um, um, a post-Downing Street party, of course, on the, on the 19th. On the 19th, indeed. Um, the uh, OBR had just published an impact assessment on Brexit, finally, mm-hmm. and predicted it would cut GDP permanently by 2%. Whereas I think now we're saying four. I think it's four. I think that's what's there. And the ONS had published um, its latest societal indicators, <clears throat> and these covered the second half of November 2020. And it was it's quite interesting. Online job ads were down 26% on pre-pandemic. Um, and we'll come on to what's happened in, in yeah. the market. Um, high street footfall was down 38% on pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. Seated diners down 22%. Um, only 77% of UK businesses were trading. And 19% had paused trading and 4% had closed down during the, um, during the pandemic. The pandemic. Didn't, didn't show up in the insolvencies, of course. But businesses that just closed yeah i just go get had enough so so when you look at the stats for the beginning of 2021 and some of the background all the government support measures were fully in place we were in full lockdown the whole country mm-hmm. freedom day was yet to come sometime sometime <laughs> yeah well, it's july wasn't it june july goodness me um gdp by that stage so <clears throat> in january beginning of january end of december had come down to 6.3% below pre-pandemic. Business investment, interestingly, was 7.4% below pre-pandemic. And there were 4.9 million people on furlough. Wow. I know. Wow. wow. Um, uh, unemployment was 4.9%. But interestingly, and here's here's something that really has changed in the, in the last year, job vacancies were falling. Mm. I mean, that is just incredible, isn't it? Where we Absolutely are now. Incredible. Um, yeah. and, 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 and the last stat from the beginning of uh, this year, inflation was 0.6%. <laughs> hey, hasn't that, hasn't that changed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, so you know, when, when I look back at what we've been talking about in, in, in this year, um, and I look at, you know, 
there's been a lot of detail, but trying to pick out overall trends. I mean, the what we've seen, of course, is the ending of almost all the government support schemes. And when we come to talk about 2022, I think that's when we'll see the, <clears throat> the impact of, um, of the ending of those schemes. I mean, we still have um, an element of business rate relief for some businesses. Hospitality VAT is down at 12 and a half percent. And of course, poor old landlords are still on the naughty step. <sighs> um, and, and, and worth noting also that by, of course, 2021 saw the end of all the government loan schemes and a grand total of 76 billion pounds was thrown um, at any business prepared to um, put a hand up and say, yes, please. Um, and, and of course, Fraud is at the end of this year um, yeah. a hot topic about all those government schemes. Yeah. Alone. and I think we'll we will start seeing more and more of that coming to light. I think over over twenty twenty two. Yeah, well, I mean, HMRC is on it in a in a big mm. in a big way, um, and and because the, the things that have have changed, you know, you look at the major major features, and they've crept up on us very much in the second half of the year, not the first. So post Freedom Day. Supply chain disruption, in 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 a way that I don't suppose anybody has and anybody has seen unless they were unless they're old enough to go back to the world, Second World War. Um, and the not helped, let's face it, by the um, the Evergrande getting stuck in the Suez Canal. I mean, that yeah. is that didn't yeah, really yeah. that just kind of poured fuel on the on the flames of, of something well, that was already that, problematic. That, that, that's right, and the and the Chinese government's um, tendency to shut down whole whole yeah, port cities when there's one <clears throat> there's one COVID case. <clears throat> um, labour shortages. Now that is something that um, really has changed. Like, you know, as I said, vacancies were falling a year ago. They're now 1.2 million at a record. And Resolution Foundation t- uh, told us last month that 600,000 people had left the labour market during the pandemic. Mm. The great retirement. Yeah, and it, that will be a problem. I think that will be a problem as we as we start kind of, when we look into twenty twenty two. That that lack of of experience, yep. I think, will be will be yes. an issue in, in businesses because those people were were almost, I mean, absolutely predominantly in the fifty five to sixty four <clears throat> age bracket. So, the I, suppose, you know, I suppose we might see those people coming back on consultancy basis. Yep. You know, and and I think there are lifestyle factors that. Um, you know that we're seeing across the across the, the economy actually about going back to work and this this tension between people who who like having having home working and the ability to control you know their mm. lives and, and employers yep. wanting people to get back to the office. So you know you can see that there are lifestyle factors that that actually might not mean that that we lose people entirely from the certainly from the payroll. I think that's right. Um, inflation, obviously, the big story of the back end of this year, now at four point two percent and heading. Who knows where? Five percent. Well, at least five percent. Even the Bank of England says. Even the Bank of England says that, so it must be true. Yeah, it must um, be. On on that, um, GDP is now only 0.6 percent below pre-pandemic, or at least that that's where it was in September. Mm-hmm. Um, we will get um, in January. We'll get a better idea when we get the next quarterly GDP numbers. Um, there's been major disruption to trade with the EU. You know, I, uh, you, you you can't odds it. And wherever you yeah. look, it was, it, you know, yes, it, it was um, thought to be a temporary effect initially because that suited the Brexiteer uh, narrative. But it, you know, if you as we go through towards the end of the year, it is clear there has been a permanent change. Change, yeah. 
um, yeah. there. Um, unemployment, only 4.3%. Who would have guessed a year ago with 5 million people on furlough? I mean, that is a very, very big positive, isn't it, that's come out yeah. of this this year. And, you know, the, the furlough scheme actually seemed to, to, to smooth any any concerns about a kind of mass of unemployment that we, we were I mean, that, is, that, I think, has been the single greatest government success mm. throughout throughout the pandemic, um, uh, setting aside the, the vaccination programme, which is not really on our radar for this. No. Um, but in, in economic terms, the furlough scheme, I don't know how many companies and how many jobs it has saved. Um, so you can and you can see why um, with, the, with the current ripple through from Omicron, why people want it back. Yeah. Let, let me tell you that that ain't happening. I think it's, it seems very unlikely that that will um, that will come back. You know, not least the administrative um, problems. Of, of trying to to allow that just in certain yeah. sectors and, and so on when we know the kind of the availability of information you know even good information is quite hard to come by if you're looking at sit codes or whatever and the government seemed to you know from what we've seen from the fraud in the um in the furlough scheme originally and in the the loans the government seemed to not be necessarily taking um mm. on board all the information that they, they could be no that's true and and of course um um, dare we, um, or lest we forget it, we've had two major variants in the last year. We had Delta, suddenly that seems such a long time ago, yeah. Delta variant, and now we have Omicron. Um, and what everybody needs to remember that in the Greek language, Omicron is little O and a bigger O is to follow with Omega. Let's hope not um, on, on that. And of course, insol- insolvencies, um, flat as the proverbial pancake, I mean, actually... Uh, you know, we've been calling a tsunami of insolvencies around the corner, just over the horizon for so long now. Um, but let's we'll talk about that in the context of 2022. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's been an extraordinary year where pretty much everybody got their early forecasts wrong, <clears throat> um, and I think it reflects if 2020 was Armageddon. Then 2021 was the year of never changing uncertainty. Can you have never changing uncertainty? <laughs> Continuing uncertainty. <laughs> uncertainty. So it, it's been an extraordinary year. And, you know, Joe and I sitting here as commentators have sort of ridden the waves um, uh, as, as they've come and, uh, and washed up on the, uh, on, on the shore. What about 2022? Well, I mean, I'm, I hesitate given <laughs> given that I'm not sure we were we were super super right along with other people about what what's looking ahead. I think you know we, we've talked about, haven't we, that the government schemes are now really yeah. at the tail end. You know, I, I don't think we are going to see um, the furlough brought back, even if you know we we do end up with a with a kind of more severe lockdown. Um, than we we have at the moment. Obviously, we're recording the day after the Plan B um, was announced. Um, I think we're we're in the stage now where businesses are going to have to manage their risks without that um, support blanket of the of the government schemes being there to cushion cushion falls. I think we, we're going to kind of be much more in that harsh reality of businesses having to manage risks and living with the consequences of decisions they make yes. um, in terms of who they're trading with or how they're managing their 
supply um, and so on. And, and I think we, we talked a few weeks ago about um, with the with the shipping costs. And I do remember actually this time last year talking about shipping costs. And you know, goodness me, we hadn't seen we hadn't seen the half of it. I think when we were talking about two thousand pounds or two thousand dollars for a container um, at that point. You know, that's just that's like a dream, isn't it? Now, yeah. and I think lots of lots of businesses that were, were looking at forward contracts. Those are those are falling away um, now. So that that kind of flow through of, of increased costs and how that is managed down the um, down the customer chain and, and you know through the, the economy generally is going to be something that that businesses are, are basically having to deal with on on their on their own. Yes, and and and, and I think it's going to be um, a year where one of the key features will be what I, what I keep referring to is the the bulging balance sheet problem, or at least the bulging liabilities bit of the balance sheet. And the question is, can that be deflated or will it burst? You've done and, some interesting research, haven't you, Nick? You, we were yes. talking, you've, you've done a little kind of microcosm um, of, of a particular sector and, and, and seeing that change over, over time. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. Um, when I was doing the research for the fourth Grimsey High Street Review um, back in April this year, I looked at hospitality businesses, specifically uh-huh. other sectors in the high street, but, but, but hospitality. And um, I'm doing a report for another client on hospitality, on, on the market, where it's going, where it is, where it's going. And this is hospitality, not including hotels. So this is pubs, clubs, and restaurants. Mm-hmm. Now, in order to get a handle on what was going on, it's easy to do the whole sector and say, well, this is happening. But actually, it's much more important to look at, at the different tiers within the sector. So I broke this down into what you might describe as micro-businesses with assets of under 25K. Then a couple of um, tiers of um uh, sort of the SM, a uh, bit of the SME. So 25K to 99K assets, 100K to 250K assets. And then uh, finally, the bigger companies. Um, so there'd be some M's and some big, big boys. <laughs> yeah, the 250K and above asset level. And if you look just at the debt, the debt yeah. levels, the big boys, the debt has gone down. The number of companies in that sector has gone up slightly by 10%, um, but in that tier, but uh-huh. the debt has dropped from 13.3 billion to 12.8 billion. So they have been managing their debt quite, yeah. quite, quite aggressively. Come on down the, uh, the tiers and the 100K to 250K companies, the debt has doubled. It's gone from 97 million to 202 wow. million. And this is and let's just and 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 just to, to clarify. So this is a search you did in April twenty one and now in December twenty one. Yes. So obviously, the, the, looking at whether the the available accounts would have been April would have had the very beginning potentially of, of pandemic, but probably not very much in the way of yeah. loans and things. So this that is a kind of pre pandemic snapshot, isn't it? And now, as we as we're looking at accounts now, really we've got we've got, we've got December pandemic. twenty end year ends and beyond. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we won't have all of the loan scheme figures in there yet. But But we'll have enough of them to get a a flavour, yeah. So that tier 100k to 250k doubled. The 25k to 99k companies, it's tripled. It's gone from 75 million to 204 million. And then the tiddlers, 
um, it's doubled. And of course, the reason it will only have doubled is because there were turnover links in the bounce back yeah. scheme. And so the amount they could borrow was 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 actually quite, you know, was, was relatively we're seeing in those in those those bottom two sections that that is bounce back loan territory yes, where let's remember the, the 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 hoops you had to jump through in order to get money were non-existent yeah. really. I mean you fill, had to fill, fill in the form and tell us the bank account will send yeah. you money. Yeah whereas the, whereas the bigger bigger companies did have at least some some form of kind of underwriting yeah. process. Yeah and I and I have to say I quoted those figures in a um brainstorming meeting with the Department of Health and Social Care yesterday afternoon because um, we're talking about um, some research I'm involved in about finances in the residential care sector. And when I when I told them those numbers and said, I know you guys are looking really closely at the big care home chains, but I think your problem is elsewhere. Yeah. And there was a sharp intake of breath, I have to tell you, because, of course, as, as we know, it, it, it's eminently easy, easier to manage risk with bigger companies, they're more sophisticated. Um, they they have a better asset base. They have better f- financial information. It's just easier to manage mm. risk, both from a management point of view and from a crediting point of view. The smaller the company, the more difficult. Let me tell you, twenty odd years in the insolvency game. The smaller the company, the more difficult it is mm. to do anything positive, and 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 the less efficient it is. And so if that picture in hospitality is mirrored across the rest of the economy, then I come back to my point about there's going to be a problem with managing risk and managing debt. I don't think there's going to be the capacity to deal with it effectively Mm. because the bank workout departments where, where this will hit first do not have the capacity. The yeah. insolvency profession does Definitely not doesn't. have the capacity. HMRC yeah. does not have the capacity. It's too busy chasing fraud. So I think that it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out. I'm going to keep on doing research in different sectors. Um, over yeah, it's, it's, thank, thank you. It's really interesting to, to pick those things up. And I think yeah. that potentially links into... Um, do we, there's a lovely um, credit insurance and credit management newsletter that I'm sure lots of our listeners um, listeners get. And, and one of the articles um, that was mentioned in that was some research by Atradius on credit insurance and how they are starting to see that many more businesses are starting to take credit insurance. And I think, again, that plays in to a, a realisation, as, as we've talked about, that businesses are going to have to really manage their own, their own risks and are looking for ways, you know, to, to replace what the government has been doing with some um, some other kind of risk mitigation strategies, and obviously credit insurance is is um, is one of the, the large ones in that. So so I think you know when you look forward, um, you know the question question uh, question marks you've got are what is going to be the fall fallout from Omicron? When's the next variant coming? Is inflation temporary or is it embedded? And where will it peak? What is the Bank of England going to do about interest rates? Um, what will happen when those last government support measures drop off, particularly uh, with landlords? That's March, isn't it? We see, we'll see March. that in March and, with and, the arbitration. Um, arbitration there isn't enough capacity there either. Um, and I, you know, for sure, there, there's no safety net uh, now. That there, there will be more insolvencies, whether it's the thirty percent increase or the twenty five percent increase that various people have, have, have suggested. I really don't know. There will be more zombies out there because 
as losses mount, balance sheets will turn negative and yeah. ability to do to function normally um, and, and and therefore the propensity to distort competition will increase. But who knows? It's going to be another very interesting and another probably rather coaster. roller coaster ride. Yeah, indeed. Well, with that thought, I think we shall leave our listeners um, with some, some things to ponder um, over the, the Christmas period. We will be back um, in the new year. To Nick, thank you so much for another very, very interesting um, podcast today and, of course, over the, the year in general. It's been a pleasure. Happy Christmas, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.